Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Colossians 3 verse 14. He says, above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. He's just been talking about being forgiving, being kind, being nice to each other, being gentle with each other. And then he says, above all those things, put on love. And some people would have thought that those things, being kind and forgiving, were love. But he uses a different word. He uses a word agape. Have you ever heard this word agape? In the Bible, there are three words for love. Now, in English, there's one word for love. I love ice cream, I love my wife, and I love my dog. But I love them in different ways, but I've only got one English word for them, love. But in Greek, and probably in other languages, there's more than one word. So in Greek, there's phileo love, which talks about brotherly affection. When you just, you're friends with someone, you love someone as a friend, that's phileo. Then it talks about eros, which is husband and wife love, um, physical love. And then agape is the third one. And it was a word that Jesus took and reinvented. He, he took this word agape that was hardly used. It existed in Greek, but it was hardly used. You can hardly find it in any Greek writings or any literature until Jesus. And then suddenly Jesus takes this word agape and he redefines it to be God's kind of love which is the kind of love that loved us when we didn't love him, that loved us in a sacrificial way where he was willing to lay down his life and die for us, even though we were his enemies. It's more like a, a commitment, a decision of love where God says, I love you and I will always love you. And it doesn't matter what you do. I love you because I am love. It's that kind of agape love. And it says, above friendship love, put on agape love, which is the bond of perfection. Now, we've been talking about the ties that bind us. And this word bond is the same word translated ligament in one of our other verses where it says we are nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments. This here says that love, God's kind of love, is the bond, the ligament of perfection. What does it mean by that? What does it mean by the bond of perfection? What it means is it is the best kind of bond, the best kind of tie that binds us. But also it is perfect in that it comes from God. We can't love each other with agape until God puts agape in us. And when he does, then we see how God's loved us and we pass that on to other people. And so my question for myself and all of us today is God wants us to be bound together with love so that we're nourished and knit together. But are we loving with agape love, God's kind of love, or is it merely just the human kind of love, which is affection and friendship? You know, in human terms, we like people who are kind to us. We like people who are similar to us. Uh, we like people who will benefit us. Maybe we think, oh, maybe they'll 
give me a job one day, so let me be friends with them. Or there's always, I think for us as humans, we've always got more than one motive. We're always thinking of another angle. Maybe I'll be friends with them because who knows? Maybe he'll introduce me to somebody else. But he says it's a God kind of love. It's a different kind of love. And the Christian love is the thing that Jesus said would make us stand out. In John 13, verse 34, which will be on the screen, it says, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, agape, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus said that the thing that will differentiate us and make us obviously Christian is that we love with agape love. So when the world looks at Christians, they should see a different kind of love coming out of us. Where I love a person, whether or not they can get me some benefit in the future. Where I love a person who's different to me, different race, different gender, different class, different everything, I love because God's love is in me. Where I love, even through difficult times, when a person is horrible to me, I still keep on loving them and keep on trying and, and putting myself out there. And it's interesting that Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you. It wasn't new to say love people. In the Old Testament, we were told, love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus said it's new because I'm using this word agape and because he said, love one another as I have loved you. In other words, he was saying, I'm demonstrating a new kind of love. This self-sacrificial love where I die for you. Amazing. I'm challenged by this. I really am. And it's something we should talk about more. Love. <laughs> because Jesus said it is the defining characteristic. It's not whether you've got a fish sticker on the back of your car. That's not how people know you're a Christian. It's not that you play worship music at work. Although all of those are fine, the main characteristic that should say they're Christian, they're not, is love. Do they love people? Do they gossip or not gossip? Do they accept or reject? Are they self-sacrificial or is there always a bit of an angle where they're trying to get something back? Amen? It's quite challenging, isn't it? In 1 John 4 verse 9, we get a slightly bigger definition of this love. It says this, In this, the love of God was manifested. That's that word agape again. In this, the love of God was manifested or demonstrated towards us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. So the definition, it says, this is love. Not that we loved Him. God didn't wait for me to love Him first. He knew that I was his enemy, and yet he sent Jesus to die for me even before I had any feelings of love for him. Isn't that an amazing kind of love? The 
I have been having a debate with some other Christian leaders about various doctrines. And one of them is, in theological terms, called the total depravity of man. And the idea behind this doctrine is that people cannot reach out to God on their own. God has to make the first move and, and draw us to Himself. We, without God, we cannot respond to Him. We're dead to Him. We don't want Him. We don't love Him. We have no interest in Him. And so I've been doing some research and I found these verses. Psalm 10 verse 4, The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. That's what I was like. And God still loved me. I could not seek him. I could not reach out for him, but he loved me and died for me. Anyway, another verse. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. I was a bad tree and I couldn't bear, any, I couldn't reach out to God. I couldn't even think about reaching out to God. And yet he died for me and loved me anyway. Another verse is Romans 5 verse 8. God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I was his enemy and he died for me anyway. Another verse is Jeremiah 17 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? My heart was desperately wicked, but also deceitful and tricking me into thinking things that were false. And yet God still died for me and loved me. And the last one, Ephesians 4. <clears throat> he says, I testify in the Lord. Don't walk as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their minds. Their understanding is darkened. They are alienated from the life of God. There is ignorance in them because of the blindness of their heart. That was me. I was ignorant, blind, an enemy of God. I couldn't reach out to him. And he breathed on me and said, come to me. And suddenly I wanted to know him. And the amazing thing is the Bible says in John 12 that he has drawn all men. He's given the grace of God to all men. So everyone has been given this drawing, wooing love of God. But I couldn't know it without him making the first move. This is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to die for our sins. And I'm going to close by reading a famous passage. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 7. You probably know it in the NIV, which says, Love is patient, love is kind. But I'm going to read it in the New King James. Verse 4. Love suffers long. What does that mean? It means when somebody is a pain and they let me down and then they let me down for the 14th time and they mistreat me or they trick me or they cheat me or they steal from me, I suffer long. I give them yet another chance. Why would I do that? Because God did it for me. Agape suffers long. Is kind. That means I give a person more than they deserve. I give them better than they deserve. I give them the benefit of the doubt. When there's a chance that they're wrong, but maybe they're right, I say I'm going to assume they're right. When I could say to them, no, I can't help you, I choose to help them because I'm kind. Love is kind. Agape is kind. Because that's how God has been 
to me. I'm so challenged by these verses. He goes on to say, Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, and is not puffed up. In other words, it's not all about me. When I look at somebody who's got a lovely, wealthy, beautiful car, I don't envy them, I rejoice for them. I don't say, look how great I am, I say, look how great he, she is. I don't boast about myself or try and push everything to be about me. I say, let me push others forward. Man, I am deeply challenged by this. Verse 5, love does not behave rudely. Another version says love honors people. Rude means I put people down. Honor means I lift people up. There's a verse in 1 Peter 2 verse 17 that says, Honor all men. Have you, I don't know if you've seen the conspiracy theories that are going around at the moment about COVID, where they start to insult famous figures, famous people. They insult the chief medical officer, or they insult the government, or they insult... Bill Gates, or they insult somebody and they say, he's evil, he's a liar, he's rubbish, he doesn't deserve, he's got bad intentions. That is the opposite of honoring somebody. That is being rude and love actually just keeps quiet rather than pulls somebody down. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. You know, every day we get an opportunity when something is done to us or something happens, we can choose to react and we could probably be justified in reacting. How dare you take so long to bring my coffee? How dare you, whatever, not give me the correct change or ignore me or not greet me or whatever it is. But he says love is not provoked. We choose the other route, which says I'm going to think the best. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to allow them. Because God allowed it to me. Wow. <laughs> he goes on to say, love thinks no evil. In other words, when, you know, in every situation, we can either think bad of someone or we can think good. And God chose, he knew me through and through, and he knew my thoughts and intentions were against him. But he says, I'm going to think good. I'm going to see how they could be. And he blessed me and treated me well. And he says, we should think no evil of people. Love, verse 6, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. I don't want half-truths. When I hear somebody saying something that's not quite true, I say, I want to know the truth. I only want the truth to be spoken. Even though half-truths can be sometimes more comfortable and easier to get away with, I want to say the truth. No, that's not true about Bill Gates. He doesn't want to commit genocide and kill hundreds of people and put microchips in people's arms. That's not true. And then lastly, verse 7, love bears all things. In other words, we're like a sponge. You know, Jesus took the punishment on the cross. For me, even though I didn't love him yet, he took it because he loved me. And it says, love bears things. We take it. And you say, how can I bear these things? Because God's love is in me and he gives me the strength to bear things. Love believes all things. That means I believe the best about a person even when there's a chance that it might be the opposite. 
Love hopes all things. I hope for the best for somebody instead of the worst. And love endures all things. I'm committed to sticking this through. So what does this mean? Love is the bond of perfection. Love is the thing that binds us together. And when we're bound together, we are nourished. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you love me and you loved me when I could not love you. Where I, when I was against you, when I hated you and I was your enemy, you loved me and you died for me. Thank you that you pour this love into my heart. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you give me this amazing ability to love others. And Lord, I ask you now to fill my heart again with your love. Thank you. Thank you that I can do nothing to earn it or deserve it. Thank you that it doesn't depend on me and how good I am. Thank you that you love me always, even before. And I rest in your love. And Lord, I choose to love other people. I choose to be a, a channel of love. Your love coming into me and through me to others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.